Welcome to the Valley Church. Our mission is to see change lives, and we hope this relevant teaching inspires you to take the next step in your journey. Thanks for checking out the podcast and enjoy the message. Hey, everyone. Uh, it's so good to be with you today. My name is Pastor Mark. Um, I usually am not doing the openings, but uh, you have me today. And so uh, welcome to the Valley Church. And as you're joining in with us today, especially if you're on Facebook, we have hosts there. You're not watching this alone. We have people that would love to interact with you. So let them know you're there. Say hi. If you're watching us on YouTube, wave to the screen. No one's going to wave back, but uh, we still are glad you're with us. Uh, But as you are watching today, uh, do interact with our hosts. If you need prayer today, they would love to pray with you. They can pray with you privately, actually, uh, on Facebook, which is a cool thing that people have taken uh, advantage of in the past. Uh, today, we do kick, uh, have our second week of a series that we kicked off last week called Shaken to the Core. Before I uh, preach on that in a, in a few moments, I was just curious on what you enjoy about the fall. Now, I know technically it's not the fall yet. We have a few more weeks on the calendar. Let's be honest, school's back in session, all that kind of stuff. So uh, comment, uh, what is your favorite thing about the fall? What do you enjoy most? For me, it's pretty simple. Uh, It's football. I'm so pumped to have college football with full stadiums back in the NFL. And so uh, this past week, uh, I'm a Penn State fan, grew up close to there. And uh, we somehow uh, tried to lose the game, but we ended up winning, which is nice for us. And so uh, that was a big win. So I'm really excited about college football. As a family, we love the fall. I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old, so of course, you know, trick-or-treating's coming up in about a month and a half, Uh, but we just really enjoy this time. The weather's better here in Ohio, so we do a lot of walking, a lot of biking, just a lot of things out out and about, and those cool mornings, those cool nights are some of my favorite times just to go for a walk and uh, just enjoy some of the peace that's outside, some of this, the beauty of the season. So I don't know about you uh, or what your favorite thing is, but uh, do comment. We'd love to get to know you and just hear about some of the fun stuff. Maybe you have something fun you're doing this fall. We'd love to hear about that. Hey, one thing that's going to lead into this video, this video you're going to see before I join you for the sermon is for an event coming up on September 13th through the 25th, or 17th, excuse me, September 17th through the 25th called Together Miami County. And it's a week-long project of serving. Area churches in Miami County are partnering with some of our great nonprofits, and they have all kinds of different uh, jobs that need done, all kinds of serving opportunities. And so if you're interested in serving, now if you live somewhere else, it might be hard to do, but if you're joining us somewhere locally or regionally even, you can go to togethermiamicounty.org, togethermiamicounty.org, and there's a sign-up genius. You can sign up for, uh, for a project to do it individually or as a family. Uh, we be- believe a big thing around here is that we don't just sing and talk about the things of Jesus. We do the things Jesus told us to do, which is to help those. And so these agencies make a huge dent into a lot of hurting and a lot of pain and a lot of needs in our community. So we as the body of Christ are coming alongside and saying, we want to help you uh, be able to kick this fall off strong. So, hey, check out this video, but don't forget, togethermiamicounty.org is how you can sign up, and uh, we would love to see you be a part of it. So check out the video, and I'll be back shortly then for the sermon. What happens when churches unite? And what happens when our local nonprofits unite? What happens when all of us unite together? What if uniting together could impact our community for years to come? 
These are the questions we've been asking in Miami County. Miami County is full of nonprofits that are constantly serving and loving their communities. It's also full of churches with the desire to do the same. That is why this year we want to invite you to Together Miami County. September 17th to 25th, we will have various volunteer activities put together by local area nonprofits. The projects range from painting to helping out with a conference and can be done by people of all ages. We have an opportunity to serve local nonprofits and at the same time we get to find out what they do and what we can do to help them. This is an opportunity to create awareness about our local nonprofits and develop long-lasting partnerships with them. So following the Serve Week, September 26th, we're going to follow up right here at Treasure Island for a time of celebration with worship music and food trucks and live music. The food trucks will begin serving at 5 p.m. and an hour later at 6 p.m. we'll start our worship service. For more information or to sign up to volunteer, go to www.togethermiamicounty.org. We hope to see you guys there. All right, so I have a question as soon as we kick off today. Here's the question. Are there some things of old that you wish would never come back in vogue? <laughs> you can maybe comment as you're watching. Is there some things of old that you hope, you just pray, that they never come back in vogue? For example, bell bottoms for men, polyester suits, candy cigarettes, that one, I'm not sure why that ever happened. Not a great idea to make a cigarette in the can. Okay, enough said, right? Uh, mullets, right? Now, I'm, I don't know. I think mullets should come back, right? I mean, the 1090s, you know. No, no, okay. No, no mullets coming back, right? I mean, there's chia pets. How many of you remember the chia pet? You know, how many of you had a chia pet? Well, you're not raising your hand, right? There's just some things that of old, and there's a big longer list I could have probably included. You probably have some that you're saying or are in your mind that just should never come back. But then there's other things that used to be that, man, we kind of do wish they would come back, right? Things like a slower pace of life. Things like TV shows that you can watch together as a family. Things like actually having conversations with people instead of just sending emojis to them, right? I mean, some of you are like, yes, yes, all three of those. I wish they would just come back. It's the reality, right? Some things that used to be, we don't want coming back again. Some things that we used to have, we just wish they would come back again. I was reading just recently about uh, over the last 18 months, people have been digging in their attics and I guess just more free time or whatever. And people uh, have found in their attics, numerous people, old baseball cards. And the, the collection of baseball cards, the selling of those is hot again, like the, the prices are skyrocketing, record prices on things. And some people have found cards of thousands and thousands of dollars, if not even millions of dollars in their attic, old things they found in their attic. Um, how come that never happens to me? <laughs> it never happens to you. I guess, I guess I just, first of all, need to buy a house with an attic, right? And then I'll be, be okay. You know, sometimes uncovering the old thing changes everything. I'm going to say that again. Sometimes uncovering the old thing changes everything. I don't know about you, but I feel that this fall and even this year going into next is, is a time for recalibration. I Personally, 
I've been reflecting on that of a recalibration of, of just making some changes, looking at some of the old things maybe and bringing them back in, just kind of reorienting things. And I think for us as the Valley Church, we've been talking about this to the staff, is it's, a chance, it's an opportunity for a recalibration. Not that we're going to start some new thing, but maybe that we would uncover something from old and re-implement, bring it back, if you will, to move forward, to envision everything that we had hoped for, everything that God has in store for you individually and for us as the Valley Church. What if uncovering this thing, this old thing, and bringing it back, what if uncovering it could change everything for you? What could it change, that if it could change your life, that it could change your community, that it could change your world? And what if uncovering this old thing and putting it back into practice would bring us back again, once, in, once again, in wonderment of God, in all of God, and what he's doing in our life, and what he's doing in the lives of other people, and what he wants to do in this world that he's created. You see, sometimes uncovering the old thing changes everything. There was a group gathered together, about 120 of them. They were gathered together in prayer in an upper room after Jesus had ascended back into heaven. And one by one, they began to lift up their heads in astonishment. Uh, The air suddenly started into some gusty breezes. Moments later, those gusty breezes became hurricane like forces. In fact, the, the wind became so violent that we look here in, in this text in a few moments that the room began to shake like there was an earthquake. And so they get on their feet and they begin to stagger around kind of like a bunch of soldiers on the waves of a boat in the rocky ocean. And then something ordin- extraordinary happens. Suddenly, what looks like flames of fire descend over each of their heads. What is happening? Well, the Bible says that the Spirit of God has appeared. In the Hebrew, that word for for spirit is wind or ruach. And that when the Spirit of God, when the wind, when the breath of God showed up, it always changed everything. When it showed up, things that were natural became supernatural. When, when When the wind, when the presence of God, when the ruach of God appears, things do not go back to how they were before. It says in Acts 2, chapter, uh, verse 4 of chapter 2, it says, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Their emptiness is filled. God took these broken, hurting, confused, lost people, and he filled them with themselves, and he fans that flame, and he pours living power within them. And that's what happens all the time when the Holy Spirit shows up. Ordinary people start doing extraordinary things. The mundane of life all of a sudden becomes, what's the next thing that God's going to do? What's the next thing his spirit's going to do in and through us? In fact, hearing this wind and seeing all that that was happening at this moment as we're looking in Acts 2, that thousands of people started gathering in Jerusalem. And Peter, the apostle Peter, gets up, the same guy who not too many days before had denied that he even knew Jesus, he gets up and preaches the first sermon. 
And people, the Bible tells us that their hearts were pierced. That the Spirit of God was so powerful, that He was so prevalent, that He was so, so intense, that their hearts were pierced and they repented. They turned away. They did a 180. And it says on that, that, that day, 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. When the Holy Spirit shows up, incredible things happen. One of my wife's favorite movies, actually she's liked this movie ever since she was in middle school, is the movie Twister. How many of you know the movie Twister? Now she saw it on TV, um, the, the movie version of it. The language can be a little salty at times. And, but uh, that movie is all about storm chasers, right? I mean, this, these, this, this couple essentially, and then there are people around them who go out and they chase down tornadoes. Those same people, those storm chasers still exist. I mean, you're talking about high thrill, high action, putting themselves into immense danger. And this was like the first storm chaser that ever existed when we open up the pages of this text. You know, these people were trying to uncover something old that could make all the difference in the world. And this story is a story of what happens when God, when the king of the universe gets a hold of his people. That's what this is about. This text that we're going to look at in a few moments, when God gets a hold of his people, when God's spirit shows up, and when people say, I'm open, God, to whatever you want to do, this is an example of what can and will happen. So without further ado, let's look at it. We're going to be in Acts chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 42 and go through verse 46. And here we go. It says, they, being the disciples, being those, that 120, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Selling their possessions and goods, they gave to anyone as he had need. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying all, the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. In this community of people birthed by the Holy Spirit, People were in awe and they just kept walking around with their jaws hanging down saying, look at what God's doing. Look at what God's doing. Can you imagine what God just did there? I can't believe that just happened. That's what every single day looked like. And these imitators of Jesus, they did life together. They ate together. They laughed together. They cried together. They served together. They, they helped each other together. They did it all together. And as anyone had need... As a result, what happened? The poor were fed. The sick were healed. In other words, they weren't just attending church services. They weren't just listening to music. They weren't just listening to a decent message. No, this was a community of transforming power. This was a community that had said, Holy Spirit, you come and flood us. You come and fill us. And God, we want to just do then whatever you do. And God, you have the permission to do whatever you want to do so that lives can be changed and so that everything that's broken can be restored. And honestly, that, folks, is what God wants to do. That's what God wants to do. It's what he actually not just wants to do, what he longs to do with everyone who calls him their Lord and Savior. 
It's not something that's just back in Acts. It's not just something for super apostles. It's not just something for super Christians. This is something that every one of us, any of you watching today who claim to be a follower of Christ, this is the same spirit that is within you and the same things that he wants to do in and through your life. And notice what happened. Notice their rhythm of life. Rhythm of life is so huge. It says they worship together. They worshiped together at the temple each day. They met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. In other words, it says they, they worshiped together corporately in the temple, pretty much like we do today, but then they also met together in households. Now, households is not meaning they just met in houses, although that would probably be true, but a household in the Greek was the word oikos. You can go ahead and say that out loud and loudly wherever you are, oikos. Oikos is best interpreted as an extended spiritual family, an extended faith family. That oikos, that extended family, would not only be their blood relatives, but that would be the people who worked in their homes, that would be their friends, that would be their neighbors, that would be their coworkers, and it tended to be anywhere from 10, 20, 30, 40 people, even sometimes more, that were doing life together. This was the household. This is how they considered life. Life was not done individualistically. That is not a Christian thing. It's not in the Bible that there's no such thing as a lone ranger Christian. Life was done in community. That's all they knew. That's how they functioned, and that's what they did. In fact, that's how the church functioned for the first 300 years or so until about AD 30, 300, excuse me, when it became institutionalized. And ever since then, we've lost that missional component to the church that always exists. That's one of the primary reasons that the church went from these 120 and then in 300 years was about 350 million people strong of followers of Christ. It's because they did life as households. They did life as oikos. They did life as extended families. See, this is not a new thing. This is uncovering an old thing. They didn't see church as something of a semi-regular gathering that they would come to once or twice a month. They didn't see this as as attending workum services. They didn't see being a follower of Jesus as a program. They definitely didn't see it as a building. And here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen, we can't either. That's not what ecclesia, the Greek word for church, that's not what it was. It wasn't modeled here. It's not modeled anywhere in scripture. Yes, they did gather in the temple, but that was only a small, small portion of their life. They did life together. They did life together. They lived intentionally, lived on mission, and they wanted to saturate the gospel wherever they lived, wherever they worked, and wherever they played. Now, we are a church that was founded in 1994 with the purpose from day one of reaching lost people, lost, hurting, missing, confused people. That's why we launched this location almost three years ago to reach more people in another, in another town, in another network, in, another, in other neighborhoods to continue that mission of reaching lost, hurting missing people. You see, from its inception, the Valley Church has existed to be a lifeboat church. See, there's a difference between being a cruise ship and being a lifeboat. 
A cruise ship is about comfort, it's about security, it's about fun. I mean, there's, there's, I've been on cruises, we all have been on cruises, but when you think of a cruise ship, you think of something that is not as perilous. You think of comfort, you think of enjoyment, you think of ease, right? You think of recreation, right? You don't think of a lifeboat. <laughs> you don't hope you have to use the lifeboat if you're on a cruise ship, right? A lifeboat is meant for one thing, rescue. Lifeboats go on rescue missions. You see, from the founding of the Valley Church almost 30 years ago, we have been a church and can want to continue to be a church, and we want to go back to that old and bring it new again to be a lifeboat church, going on rescue missions for lost, missing, hurting, confused souls to see as many people snatched out of hell as possible. And the reality is we want to create as many lifeboats to go find those people. We want to be a church, just like this text talks about, where the Lord added to their number daily those who are being served. Folks, there are thousands of people in our area, wherever you're watching us today, I guarantee, even not knowing where you all are, there are thousands of people around you who are shipwrecked. Shipwrecked by life, the battering of life, the dings, the dents have gotten the best of them. And they're living with pain and suffering and hurt and regret and lack of purpose, lack of meaning, no relationship with God, no hope of forgiveness, no experience of forgiveness, unhealthy relationships, unhealthy marriages, Kids who are going off the deep end, right? Thousands upon thousands. And that's why we as a church want to be a rescue boat. Why we want to be a lifeboat. Why we want to go on a rescue mission. In fact, do you know that wherever you are, God loves that area so much? In fact, if we could even comprehend for one millisecond how much he loves those people around you, how much he wants to heal them, how much he wants to restore their lives, I have a feeling that if, we, if you're a follower of Christ, you would want to do anything, anything. If God's changed your heart, if he's renewed your mind, you would want to do anything possible and send out as many lifeboats as possible to reach them. Now, you're going to see a graphic up on the screen, and that graphic is simple geometry. That graphic, and it's going to stay up there, you'll hear me on the voiceover, but is a triangle, obviously. And you'll see there's three points to that triangle, as there should be or else it wouldn't be a triangle. There's the up, the in, and the out. And it's very clear, even on that diagram, it tells you that the up is our relationship with God. In is our relationship with other followers of Jesus. And out is our relationship with the world, our relationship with those who haven't said yes to Jesus yet. And every group needs to have a healthy balance of up, in, and out. Every lifeboat that we send out, every group, and what I'm talking about is our group life, every group that we have, every lifeboat that exists has to have a good balance of those three dimensions. It's the equivalent of a three-legged stool. If you take one leg and saw one leg off the three-legged stool, how good is that stool for sitting on? How good is that stool for standing on to reach something? I wouldn't do either right? I would say don't sit on that, don't stand on it, because it's lost its function. It's not going to serve its purpose. And the same way is with our lifeboats. 
If our life groups don't have a healthy rhythm of up, in, and out, if they're not spending time with each other and growing together and eating together and laughing together, if they're not reaching lost people, if they're not in the community, if they're not adding to their group, maybe daily, but we'll get there, but at least adding people, inviting people into their group to come sit with them. And if we're not spending time with the Father, if we're not engaging in prayer together, if we're not um, reading scripture together, if we're not uh, sharing stories, sharing stories of what God's done in our life, if those get out of balance, then we are not going to be healthy lifeboats. Now, I want to draw you a picture today of, of two things. The first is, is kind of how the, the church, not the Valley Church necessarily, but the, the Big C Church, has functioned for, for several, several millennia now, especially since it became institutionalized. And I, I told you last week I'm not very handy. I'm going to tell you this week I'm not an artist either. But you're going to see that here in the center is the church, okay, right? And what we have said before is, hey, you need to come to the church, right? You need to come to us. We're the cruise ship. We didn't maybe say it that way because that's not cool, right? But you need to keep coming to us, right? And when we look at this, we're like, wow, that's pretty intimidating, right? Some of you maybe are new to the valley. Maybe some of you are new to faith. And you're like, that's scared of bejeebers. I didn't know what was going on there. I'm glad they have a website. I'm glad they have Facebook and Instagram. I'm glad they have the, the app. I'm glad they have the podcast because I got a feel for what they are like before I came, which helped me a lot, which a lot of people do, and I would encourage you to do that. But that being said, not it, it's scary. It's, it's, our, it's, it's new turf. It's not where you are. It's uncomfortable. And so what happened, what would happen though if we changed this? And if we said, well, okay, the church will still be here, but no longer functioning as come to us, but what if we started launching lifeboats? Now again, circles represent lifeboats, bear with me, okay, right? But what if we just started launching lifeboats all over the place? Can you imagine? What's the number of lifeboats that we could have? I don't know a million, <laughs> right? I mean, how many different things could be going on here? And where we reached out to people, and yes, there could be a dotted line coming back, but it started with us going where people are. And so I want to talk to you today in the last five or so minutes that we have together of what it means to launch a lifeboat. Now, we already have over 20 lifeboats at the Valley Church. We call them life groups, but they're lifeboats. And they all look different. Some, one is, uh, is uh, for uh, step families. If you're a step family, this is a new, new lifeboat that's launching here soon in the fall. We have some that are, uh, one doing the book of James. So if you want to learn about a book of the Bible in the New Testament, James is a great one to start. We have a lifeboat that is for those who love crafting that meets at the Troy Public Library. That's an incredible lifeboat out in our community. We have other life groups that focus on topical things. We have some that are, that are for families, some that, you know, so over 20. But here's the deal. And you can go to our website, and our host might even put the link up there now, groups. And we'll make sure we get the links out there. You can go to our app and go to Community Life. You can see all the groups that we have there on our app. Just go to your favorite app store and download the Valley Church app. But here's the thing, too. I want to see us launch more lifeboats. Because there's a lot of people out here who need rescued, right? There's a lot of people 
There's thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people wherever you are that need rescued. And so here's my simple question. What do you like to do? Where do you live? That can help you determine what your lifeboat looks like. They can be based on networks or neighborhoods. Neighborhoods, very simple. Start inviting your, your friends over. Start doing some ins and outs with them. Just do some cookouts. Do maybe a block party. If, you get really, if you're really into kind of having some bigger events, go for it. Those are really great ways to get to know your neighbors. Do some serving stuff together. Maybe invite them to Together for Miami County. Together Miami County. Say, hey, I'm going to go serve at, at this nonprofit. Why don't you come serve with me? And you just start to get to know. Maybe some of you have passions. I wrote down some different ideas that could be different lifeboats. Business women. Maybe you're watching us today and you're a female in the business world. You could start a lifeboat to reach other women who are in business. Softball players, young mothers, first responders, nurses, nurses, young married couples, people who like to watch the Buckeyes. That would probably be most of you if you're regional. Uh, people who, uh, reaching people who stay, men who stay at the, at the homeless shelter in Troy. Again, the list is endless. But if God starts stirring your heart, right, just as we saw in this book of, in the book of Acts when the church launched, and when his Holy Spirit shows up, we are like, we can't help ourselves. We have to do something. We have to go on a rescue mission. We, we have to reach someone. We have to. We can't just. So what is it? God's given you some passion. We're going to unpack those big time in the month of October. But you might know already. What do you enjoy? I've used racquetball. I used to play a lot of racquetball. I've used softball. I've used baseball. Different passions of mine to help reach and build community with other people. And so if you're watching today, and something comes to mind, let one of our hosts know or shoot me an email. We'll pop my email up, the hosts will, but it's just mark.coulter at thevalley.church, mark.coulter at thevalley.church, or just go to our website, thevalley.church, Troy Campus, there I am, click on it, it will come to me. We want you to get in this game of launching lifeboats. I want to close with this. This is a story I've told once before, a couple years ago, it's one of my favorites, uh, famous author, uh, Robert Louis Stevenson, as a child, he would, he would go outside when it was dark at night. And one night, he's watching a man light lanterns on the street, and he's lighting them one by one. And Stevenson watches this, and he yells out to his mom, Look, Mom, that man is punching holes in the darkness. You got that image in your mind right now? Look, Mom, that man is punching holes in the darkness. Church, there's a lot of darkness out there. I don't need to tell you that. No matter where you are in your faith journey watching us today, you would agree, right? There's a lot of dark stuff. But here's the good news. The Holy Spirit's a lot bigger than that. Death has already been defeated when Jesus Christ came flying out of the grave. And so you and I get to play a role in seeing the holes punched in the darkness. And how do we do that? by launching lifeboats, by sending lifeboats out there on a rescue mission to help hurting, drowning people come to know Jesus Christ, come to experience forgiveness, come to get healing in their life, to be set free of addiction, to see their marriages healed, to see children and teenagers at a young age discover their identity in Christ that will change their life forever. 
to discover what your purpose is so that you can play a role in our redemptive mission to restore what is broken in this world. As we pray and wrap up today, I sense that there's some who are watching today that as it said in this text that the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved, that today's the day for you to be added to that number. Today's the day for you to receive the Holy Spirit, to receive God's presence and power in your life by accepting what Jesus did on the cross for you and accepting that forgiveness and turning away from your, your past and being made new. So would you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, I pray for anyone watching today. And if that's you watching, maybe you can let a host know. We definitely want to get you connected with someone. But would you today turn your life over to Jesus? Would you allow his light First John tells us that his light overcomes darkness. And we know that just practically speaking, that wherever light shows up, darkness is, is eradicated. And would you substitute the darkness in your life, the sin in your life, the thing that separated you from relationship with God, would you let the light of Jesus Christ come in? Would you invite him today to become your savior? Would you invite him today as best as you know how to become your leader? in all areas of your life? And would you invite the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, come in right now and change me. Change me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. God, forgive me for my past. God, and put within me a purpose that is like none other that will give me so much meaning and so much fulfillment as I uncover the old to become something new. And God, thank you for meeting us today. And we pray that in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. To stay up to date with our weekly messages, make sure to subscribe and follow us on social media. You can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or download our app to stay connected with all things The Valley. And if today's message impacted you, share it with a friend, because changed lives change lives.